Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com. And be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness, and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. I'm really excited about today's show. Justin Chapel is Food and Wine's Culinary Director and host of Mad Genius Tips. If you haven't seen that, you have to go to YouTube and check that out. Justin is out with his new cookbook, Just Cook It. It's a really fun take on 145 easy recipes that are totally delicious. You know we love easy here, and we love delicious. So those two things were married by Justin in this new cookbook. So thanks, Justin, for coming on. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure. Well, how long was this cookbook in the making? Because I know cookbooks take a really long time to actually come together. Yeah, so I actually, it took me about a year to write the book. And then, of course, um, there's about nine months to a year of editing and cleaning it up and making sure it's all perfect and cross-testing recipes. Um, And so really, I mean, all things considered, it was about two years in the making, which seems like forever, but then also in the world of books, it's not very long at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you talk a lot in in the book about how you started cooking at a very young age, your grandmother, you dedicated the book to your grandmother and how, what an influence that, that she was. And did that make you having that early introduction at home cooking make you not a, a, a nervous cook? <laughs> you know, it was cooking at home was, was one thing because I learned like how my grandma cooked and I learned from the women in my family and my dad even. And, Um, But then, of course, later on in life, when I went to culinary school, it was a totally different kind of cooking because it was supposed to be perfect and it was supposed to be exact. And uh, because, of course, that's how it works in the restaurant world as a chef. But um, the best thing I I could say about this book is that I marry those two worlds together. So I marry how I cooked when I was growing up and my love for cooking as a child um, with my skills that I've picked up as professional chef. Well, it really comes through in the book because... The, the, the slogan is just just cook it, and and you say it's just food. So you're kind of letting us off the hook. It's just it's just food. So so just cook it, and and you want us not to maybe overthink it or or worry too much about it. You're, you're really letting us off the hook in in a lot of ways of of being too hard on ourselves. Yeah, totally. And and you know, that's that's like the whole thing that I want people to take away from this book is that food although it maybe can be intimidating at times or cook, home cooking can be intimidating. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be. And, you know, you should have confidence in the kitchen, even if you're not a professional. And that's one of the things um, that's kind of echoed throughout every recipe. Um, the idea that if it's not perfect, it's still going to taste good. Well, I watched you yesterday on William Sonoma's live and they had a Facebook live actually um, I watched you first on their Instagram where you went to the farmer's market and you picked out some ingredients of, and then you went back to their test about an hour later. So, so many people, and 
unless you live in California, most farmers markets are kind of opening up right now in May. So a lot of people are going to start going to farmers markets. And you guys were there yesterday and you talked about how wonderful the the fruits and vegetables smelled and how much better they tasted than, than buying something just uh, mass produced maybe in the grocery store when it came right from almost farm to table. Uh, it was so much better. And then you were able to pick things there and then take them and you did your three minute steak. And I want you to talk about that because it was so easy you made it look so easy it was so delicious and it didn't look like it 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 made it look like something we all could do and something that you were doing effortlessly (laughs) yeah I had so much fun doing that so I'm so glad you watched it it's so nice to hear when people um kind of catch little segments like that and it was really fun um to your point yes the California farmers markets are in full swing (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually going to be uh, going over to um, the farmer's market again tomorrow to do some more shopping for my fresh ingredients. But um, yeah, so I made my three minute steaks, which really it's so simple um, and it takes three minutes. And the trick to it um, is you use a little bit of cornstarch and to, to get this really incredible crust on the steak. But the story behind it is, you know, I went to France at one point and one of the things I noticed was that if you got steak frites at a bistro, the steaks were always really, really thin, um, which, as you know, I'm sure in the United States, we, get, we, we eat big hunkin' steaks, and we love it. Um, <laughs> but um, So in France, they eat these little tiny steaks, so I started making those at home, but one of the things I missed was getting that incredible char that you get when you can cook a larger steak, either in the grill or in the skillet. So what I did was I did some exploring and some experimenting, and what I realized was if you just dust a little bit of cornstarch or rub a little bit of cornstarch on the outside of a thinner steak, um, in the case of the one in my book, it's about a half inch, but it could be like three quarters of an inch, Um, and then you cook it in a really hot cast iron skillet with some oil, it gets this crust that mimics the kind of crust that you would get if you were cooking a larger steak over a grill or over a griddle and it's really smart it comes together really really fast and the other really awesome thing about that recipe is I kind of riff on a classic chimichurri sauce which is basically a salsa verde and I use the carrot greens and um, carrots so carrots and their greens so you can go to the market or you can go to the grocery store and you can pick up you know a bunch of carrots I always recommend buying it with the greens because the carrots tend to have a lot more flavor Um, And then you kind of mince up the carrot and you mince up the carrot greens and you mix it with some lemon juice and some salt and pepper and garlic and crushed red pepper. And you get this really vibrant sauce that goes perfectly with a meaty steak. Well, it looked delicious. And I I know I was watching the comments to see what people were asking you, what people were curious about. Uh, They all wanted smell-o-vision because it looked so good. And uh, (laughs) maybe one day that'll come into uh, being. I'm sure people are working on that right now. But um, a a lot of questions that that, that people asked, and and you touched on it just uh, briefly right there, was what is chimichurri sauce? So chimichurri sauce, I mean, for the most part, I kind of tell people that it's a, a salsa verde because there's so many cultures um, around the globe that kind of have their version of a chimichurri, but it's a Spanish um, salsa verde. Um, there's also a, there's a green version, which is chimichurri verde, and then there's also a red version, which is chimichurri rojo. Um, it's an Argentinian sauce, and it's t- traditionally served with, like, grilled meats um, and grilled vegetables and stuff like that. And in general, it's usually a, a ton of parsley, some garlic, 
um, usually something like oregano and some sort of acidic ingredient, which is usually vinegar. Um, I think, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's usually red wine vinegar. Um, and then olive oil. And it's a really, really fresh, really strong, delicious sauce. But I kind of change it up a bit and I make the carrot version because, and I swap, I still use parsley, but what I do is I swap in the, the carrot greens. And the idea there is just to not waste them because they're, they're delicious. And people, I think, forget sometimes when you buy carrots, a bunch of carrots and it has the greens, a lot of people just chop them off before they even leave the market. But they actually have a ton of flavor and they're good for you. And we definitely, all of us should be you know, trying to utilize a whole vegetable when we can. Absolutely. And you made it look so easy. So the chimichurri sauce sounds more exotic, and, and it is, but to make it wasn't that, that complicated. You, you, you busted it out in, I mean, really just a minute. Yeah, I mean, I mean if, you're a, if, you, if, you're, if you can chop pretty quickly, put together the whole recipe, the steak and all, in less than 10 minutes. I mean, it's, it's that quick of a recipe. Um, and, but if it, but you know, that said, it's only food. So just cook it. So if it takes you a little bit longer to chop your carrots and a little bit longer to chop your greens and your, your garlic, then you can have the recipe, the recipe still a 15 minute recipe with prep included, which is kind of amazing. If you ask me. Absolutely. And, and that's what we all kind of want because that that's where fast food wins in our culture is because people just don't want they, they can't wrap their brain around a long tedious drawn out meal after they worked all day they're just tired they just want to come home and and eat something but you did it so quickly for as, as as long as it takes to sit in the line at fast food and get your food and come <laughs> home it it, it 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 all came together that quickly and it was you know leaps and bounds way more healthy you know where your your food was coming from uh it and it it looked absolutely amazing so it's going to be one of my favorites and of course when we were off air i asked you a couple questions about that particular recipe so i'm i'm absolutely going to be making that and that's in the cookbook and everyone was asking yesterday when i was watching this um facebook live on william sonoma with you yesterday what was what is your favorite recipe and i know having talked to so many authors that it's hard to pick one because there's probably way more than 145 that you love but you had to cut it down to 145 recipes so um but since everyone's kind of asking what were your favorites is is, is there a, a a couple more that you could point out to us that you really yeah, loved and you know you know it's so funny cuz um I did have to trim it down to 145 but if believe it or not when I started writing the book it was 125 and then I just I went to my publisher and I said I can't cut it down to 125 I need to add more recipes <laughs> and they were and they were like okay if you can make them fit in this amount of pages then we are good to go and I said you know what my recipes are so simple I'll be able to fit them all. They're short, they're easy, um, and we did. And so I'm really glad to offer 145 recipes. It's a big bang for your buck as far as cookbooks go. But, you know, I did point out a couple of my favorite recipes um, on Williams-Sonoma yesterday, but there's some in there that that are just like so – I mean, it's hard. So to your point, it's really hard for me to pick my absolute favorite recipe. But one of the recipes that I really, really, really love, and I always keep forgetting to talk about it, is my California Fatouche Salad. And it's so growing up, I grew up in the Central Valley of California. So I grew up on the West Coast. Um, and 
the Central Valley was famous for all its agriculture and produce. And I used to eat these sandwiches at a local grocery store and they were packed with lots of avocado, lots of lettuce, lots of tomato, lots of sprouts, like alfalfa sprouts and stuff like that. And, but it was always on Dutch crunch bread. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's like famous in California to get, especially in the Bay area to get Dutch crunch bread. And it's really, really delicious. But so I wanted to create a salad that was packed with all these really fresh farm vegetables. And that's what I did. So it has corn in it and it has shredded chicken. It has heirloom tomatoes and cucumbers and romaine. Um, but the best part about it, and this is the trick, is I take pita chips um, and I mix them into the salad after I assemble it. And what the pita chips do is some parts of them get a little soft and some parts of them stay really crunchy. But it's almost... So a fatusha is a classic Middle Eastern bread salad, but in this case I use store-bought pita chips and it's just so delicious and it's filling and you can make it ahead and it's just, it's really got to be one of my favorite recipes and I, I riff on it because as I mentioned, you shouldn't overthink what you're doing. So if when you're making a recipe like my California fatusha, if you don't have all the vegetables, then you just don't put all the vegetables in. Or if you have something, if you have access to something, let's say in Seattle that you know, that's really local and really fresh and really delicious, like throw that in there too, because it's not going to, it's going to be delicious either way. Well, that's what's so great about every single page of this, of this book is that you are constantly reminding us, don't stress about it, don't worry about it. If you don't have this, use that. Um, Because I think a lot of us think, oh, we have to go, you know, this has this, I don't have that, what do I do here? Um, You'd said the same thing to me with, you know, when I was talking to you about the cornstarch on the three-minute stakes, you're like, but if you don't have that, you know, don't panic, you know, you could use this, you could use that. And it just frees up the mind a little bit um, to kind of wander off the path. And, and, and I know that a lot of us, when we're cooking, we're, we're, we're so afraid to do that. I, and I know in baking, we, you kind of have to stick to the recipe, but, but just general cooking and making dinner, there, there's more of a freedom there. Definitely. And that's why I tend to be more of a savory cook than a, than a baker, because I think I just don't have the patience. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the patience to be a hundred percent accurate on everything when I'm cooking for myself. Of course, when I developed all the recipes for the book, I, I tested them and cross-tested them so that they work and that they're foolproof and that they're, they're perfect every single time. But what I really want to encourage people to do is, you know, once you try a recipe, if you want to change it, go right ahead and change it. A really good example of that, and actually this is another one of my favorite recipes, is my roasted chicken legs with sourdough bread and poblanos. It's a sheet pan dinner, and you basically – toss chunks of bread and sliced peppers and sliced onion and herbs and olive oil on a baking sheet. And then you put chicken legs on top and you throw it in the oven. And as the chicken cooks, all the chicken fat kind of goes down and makes the bread all crispy and um, forms this one pan meal. But the thing I love about it is you can really put anything you want on that baking sheet before you put the chicken down. You know what I mean? So if you want to do this pepper over that pepper, you want to put some zucchini down instead of um, onion. I mean, you could really do anything. And as long as you got your chicken, as long as you got your bread, you have this incredible, like really, really versatile one pan meal. And I just think that that's how, I think that's how people want to cook at home. And so I'm really excited to kind of offer all these recipes to the world. 
I I think so too. And if people they what they need to do is 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 get the book. And I wanted to say I know Mother's Day is coming up, and if you usually order on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or you know something like that, they they have a there's a Kindle version, so you could actually order the book today. You could have it in a matter of one click and and start cooking immediately. Um, but I I do encourage you also to buy the the hard copy of the book because there's just nothing like having like the physical book in your hand, and uh, that's a available wherever books are sold. And Justin, you have a really great recipe that is in the book and also on your Mad Genius Tips uh, for poached eggs. And this is really amazing because um, a lot of times we like to do a brunch. Uh, People like poached eggs, but who wants to stand and do them one at a time? And you have that mad genius tip for making a dozen poached eggs at the same time. And then we could use those and then do like the wild mushroom on toast with the poached eggs. And we could have our mothers over for mother's day or our fathers over for father's day. We could do type of, you know, a, a brunch with a mimosa or something and, and, and make a dozen poached eggs in a matter of minutes. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite tips of all time. And it really is really, really fun and smart. You basically crack a little, or you, I'm sorry, you pour a little water into the cups of a muffin tin. You crack your eggs in there, season with a little salt, and then you bake it for like 13 minutes at 350 until they're just, you know, the whites are firm and the yolk is runny. And it's so smart. But I mean, I love poached eggs. I talk about it in my book a lot. And there's a lot of poached egg recipes in, in there um, in the breakfast chapter. But one of the things that I also teach you in my new book, Just Cook It, is I teach you how to poach eggs in advance. Now that, let me tell you, is a game changer. Once you learn to do that, you are going to make poached eggs all the time. So you can poach your eggs the classic way. You put your water, you spring it just to a simmer, you add vinegar, maybe a little salt. You slide your eggs into the water, and when they're poached, you use a slotted spoon to transfer them to a bowl of ice water. And once they're cold and they're in the ice water, they can sit in the water overnight just like that in the ice water and you put it in the refrigerator and then when you're ready to serve them, you bring water just to a simmer, you add the eggs with the slotted spoon and you put it in there for 45 seconds to 60 seconds. So just a minute and they come out piping hot and they are outstanding. I mean, it's a, it's a trick I learned in the restaurants. It's a trick I've um, used for 10 years now. And I think it's one of the best takeaways from just cook it. That is mind blowing. That's 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 a game changer. People can now come over for brunch at my house. <laughs> <laughs> now you're now the invitation is open. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, just cook it is available now. Justin, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know that you're in the middle of just a crazy book tour. You're everywhere. I just saw you on the Today Show as well. Uh, you've been on Meredith Vieira before, and really, when we turn our TV on or, or we turn uh, YouTube on, there you are. And and if you're on Facebook or you're on Facebook uh, or Instagram, Justin's on there as well, and you can follow him on Twitter. The book is available now. Just cook it. It's just buy it. Is what it, what it should be called. Makes a great <laughs> gift. Get it for your mother. Uh, get it for people. Oh, it'd be great for graduation gifts. I mean, because you know when, when kids are graduating and they're getting their own apartment. Uh, they don't have the time for anything really complicated. And this is a really great way to send them off with, with a, a way to fend for themselves. What's, what's the saying? Uh, buy a man a fish and he eats for a day, but teach him to fish and he 
Each, each for a lifetime. Each for so. a lifetime, yeah. <laughs> so I really appreciate it, Jess. I really appreciate you coming on. I, I love the book. It's going to be one of my go-to gifts this year for other people. And it was absolutely a, a pleasure to watch you um, yesterday and then to talk with you today. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, Just Cook It is available now. So there and, and start cooking. We'll be right back. Bring your papa, bring your sister too. 